everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's an important one for everyone to listen to. No matter what your race, gender, age, we are in a collective growth spurt. (laughs) That's how I'm referring to it now, because that's what it is. That's what it is. And my intention in this episode is to help you understand a little more what's going on the best I can, help you process your feelings. Again, no matter what your skin color, because everybody's having feelings, help you understand and get clear on your role. And what I mean by that is your role in terms of your responsibility in perpetuating a lot of the issues that the systemic issues that have been going on for centuries and centuries and eons, and also what your role is in moving forward, how you can really use your gifts, your life experiences, the body you were born into to help move us forward. So let's begin by taking a few nice deep breaths. And don't skip this part. Really breathe with me. Two more. All the way into your belly. And again, and this time all the way into your toes. And just know that in this moment, right here, right now, all is well. I know that when you look out in the world, it doesn't look like all is well. In so many ways, especially here in the U.S., it looks like the world is falling apart. First, we had a massive pandemic, or was it really? (laughs) We had, I'd like to say, a massive fear outbreak. And I'm not in any way saying that the coronavirus wasn't real. And people that lost people to it, people that had it, are making it up or that wasn't a real thing. However, We reacted from a massive place of fear and the ramifications of that are really showing up now. We've got super high unemployment, child abuse and domestic abuse that went up by 400%. Alcohol sales have gone up. All kinds of violence and deaths of despair have gone up. And it was the perfect pressure cooker for the massive division that we're seeing in our world right now. And I'll speak more to racism on a second. And, you know, I've noticed that since I've been speaking about racism, I've lost lots of followers and that's okay. That doesn't bother me. And I really want to appreciate and acknowledge those of you who are sticking with me through this because I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring out quote unquote, the right thing to say, but I've ditched that. And I've really set the intention to, how do I say something that's actually helpful versus right or wrong? And so I appreciate those of you who are in it with me because the fight we're really fighting right now is love versus fear, is love versus hate, is consciousness versus unconsciousness, is growth versus complacency. Those are the the fights we're really fighting. So I know that all of this seems so surreal. I mean, there are so many times I've woke up in the morning and said to my husband, please tell me it was a dream. 
However, I also know that it's in these kind of situations, collectively and individually, that massive change happens. No one ever calls in to get coached on the show or comes to me as a coach or comes to a retreat because everything's great. They feel peaceful. Everything in their life is balanced. Things are going exactly the way they want them to go. They feel so much love, so much gratitude. You've never heard someone call into the show and say, I feel so great, Christine. Tell me how I can feel even more love. No, they call with a breakdown. And it's in those moments when things are not going well, when people hit rock bottom. I think, think of your own life. How many times have you had, had to hit rock bottom or come pretty dang close to make a change? So that's what's going on. If we get some spiritual altitude, not bypass, I'm going to talk about our feelings and I'm going to talk about a lot of the things we can't ignore right now, but we need spiritual altitude. We've got to see the bigger picture and hold the higher vision. Otherwise, we keep getting sucked in to division, to us versus them, to right versus wrong, to this side or that side, Republican or Democrat, black, white, whatever polarization that can grab you right now, it's going to try. And so your job, your job is to work your inner stuff that's coming up because outer experience is a reflection of internal reality. And we're seeing in our world, our level of consciousness, right? So with COVID, we saw that we are still a massive fear-based world. I don't think that we would have just complied with staying home in quarantine, not seeing our families, not seeing loved ones who are dying, canceling weddings, graduations, shutting down our economy. If we weren't in so much fear, I think we would have asked different questions. I think we would have gone, all right, how do we help the populations at risk? How do we, how are we ready to deal with a crisis rather than just go into panic and fear and do nothing? So we really were able to see how fear-based we were and how we gave our power away in so many ways. And now with the murder of George Floyd and his name represents so many other people, we're seeing how bad racism truly still is. And I think a lot of us, and I raise my hand to this, didn't like knew, but didn't really know. And it has taken this past week of really diving in and really educating myself and talking to a lot of black people and watching a lot of videos and thinking how I've seen racism in my own life in experiences where I've been with black friends who were treated differently than me. And it's been a massive eye-opener, both the experience with COVID and this massive sea change that we're seeing in so many people speaking out about racism and really learning what it means to be anti-racist. Because when you say you're anti-racist, you're not pro-black people. That's not what it's about. It's about being anti-hate. It's about being pro-human. It's about being part of the consciousness that is committed to dismantling the illusion of separation. Nelson Mandela said, no one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate. If they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love for love comes more naturally to the human heart than the opposite. And that's so true. Look at any child, 
any young child. They are just pure love. And then we get hurt. We get hurt. We get conditioned. We get pigeonholed in certain aspects of society, certain labels, so on and so forth. You know how it works. You hear it on the show all the time. You hear it on the show all the time of how someone was hurt that formed belief systems that dictated their actions. So no one naturally hates another person. That's a wound. Hate is a wound. And that's the wound that we are fighting so hard to heal right now. So I know this time can be surreal, but this is what you've been working for. If you listen to me, (laughs) you listen to this show, you are not asleep. Otherwise you wouldn't be here. We do deep work here. We don't bypass things. We dig, we look, and you're committed to that. And so if the past, you know, I I feel like since 2016, especially, but really 2012, this has been building. I mean, I haven't had anybody go, oh, wow, the, the past eight years have been awesome in my life. I think so many people have really been to hell and back in various ways. And it's all been preparing for this, for this fight we're fighting, the fight for love, the fight for awakening. And I know that you may have judgments about how people, some people are fighting it. We'll get to that in a moment, but the best you can put that aside and keep coming back to yourself, back to looking at yourself, doing your own internal work, being part of the collective that starts to raise consciousness because it took collective thinking to get us here. People, it's very, very, very easy for group think to be contagious. How can you make love, unity, oneness, breaking down the veil of separation, knowing that all beings are worthy and enough and a child of God How can you make that contagious? Well, you do it by doing your inner work. I truly believe in every ounce of my being that if more people did the inner work, we wouldn't have so many of the problems that we have today. But that brings us to a systemic issue. This show for so many people isn't available. Not in terms of they couldn't necessarily get it on their phone, but they're so far away from being able to really take in the things we talk about on this show because the exposure to, honestly, the truth, but we call it personal development, (laughs) but the exposure to this kind of information has been limited to so many people because of the color of their skin or where they were born or how they grew up or how they were parented, so on and so forth. So the more of us that spread this information, it's not about I really don't think it's about getting on the soapbox and yelling at people, telling them what to do. You can't wait, walk into a nursery and wake up sleeping babies. But if more people really, really integrate, really integrate love, <laughs> really do their healing work. So they are an embodiment of someone who is coming from love and not fear, love and not hate. Then We are the kind of people that can start to dig in to some of the systemic issues and start to fight the big fight. I said in an email I sent out earlier that 
I feel a lot of people that have privilege are often, we're so consumed with our own issues and our own problems that it's hard to go fight the bigger global issues. It feels insurmountable. However, the more we heal that, the more we aren't bogged down or bothered by our own stuff, the more we are compelled, compelled to go out and contribute. And I said before, I'm going to go through some different roles and some different opportunities that you have to contribute. You can really see how you can best help because not everybody's going to help in the same way. So don't compare how you're going to help and how you're going to be part of the change to anybody else. Your part could be doing your own inner work and raising children with a different consciousness or even one child. That's huge. That's where it begins. So don't minimize your contribution. It's not how big of an impact you can make. It's how deep of an impact you can make. Meaning how thorough are you at healing your own wounds, healing your own tendencies to slip into hate or judgment? How thorough can you be there? How embodied can you be truly as love so that you don't experience or see separation? And that always, always starts within. So my commitment to you during this time is just support you as you navigate it. I will always hold a compassionate space for everyone. Everyone is welcome. Everyone's feelings are welcome. And I want to tell you that I'm holding a holding space Zoom call Tuesday, June 9th. That's all about letting you release and receive support. And it's all about holding space for anyone at this time. Again, all people are welcome to the call. Tell you what was the inspiration for this. I sent an email, many of you got it, about everything that's going on. And I said to the community, how could I do better? How could I do better at being more inclusive? And I got some amazing, amazing responses. This is such an incredible community. Thank you so much. I love how people can have their opinions and differences, but communicate them with love. I appreciate that. It's part of the change. We don't all have to agree on how we get there. We just have to agree on where we're going. So one woman wrote that she's a black woman and she would really appreciate if I held a space for people to come together and process a lot of the feelings that are coming up. This is a very traumatic time. I know I've been saying this is an awesome time and it's also a traumatic time. It's awesome in terms of the change that's possible, but traumatic in terms of what we're going through in so many ways. And she said, I really appreciate that space. As a therapist, I know the value of coming together and having space for our feelings to feel acknowledged and seen. And as soon as I read her email, I felt into her energy and I was like, oh, this woman... She's a light worker. She's a force of love. I could feel it. And I've learned to trust my intuition. And so I wrote her back and I said, Danielle, will you co-host it with me? I'd love to have a therapist on the call with me. And she specializes in trauma. How awesome is that? So we are hosting that together Tuesday, June 9th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Go to christinehasler.com slash together. Please, please spread it please share it. Danielle and I will talk a little bit. We'll guide you through meditation. She'll speak a little bit more about trauma because whether you watch the George Floyd video or not, and I'm never going to be a leader that says you must watch it because I think it's very, very traumatizing and can reactivate trauma in people. That's something you have to use your inner discernment 
I don't think you have to see it to comprehend it. And that's not about avoidance. I've been very clear with my empaths and my highly sensitive people. This is not the time to jump in your bathtub and not be aware of what's going on in the world. (laughs) Yes, jump in your bathtub to clear your energy, but don't put your head in the sand and say, oh, I'm too sensitive. I can't look at this stuff. Know your limits, know your limits, but be aware. And I have some resources that I'm going to give you a little bit later as well. Because empaths and highly sensitive people are really needed right now. We need your intuition. We need your gifts. You've got to learn. This is great training for empaths to learn how to separate the sympathy from the empathy, to learn how to not get so in it that you're feeling all the pain and all the suffering. And that creates massive anxiety in you to be able to feel it in your heart, to know, to know the pain, but not take it on, not take it on because then you go into sympathy you end up feeling for everyone else and you disconnect from your own intuition. And your intuition right now is going to be very, very important because highly sensitive people with intuitive gifts are going to be part of the healing and part of the change. So we need you. Can't run away from this. Okay. So anyway, back to the call. Danielle and I are hosting it. christinehaster.com slash together. So that's my first commitment, to support you as you navigate this time, to remind you not to be programmed. I feel there is a agenda going on in the world. There always seems to be this kind of polarization before an election. And I don't know who the agenda is or what the agenda is beyond it wants to divide us. It wants to make us mad. It wants to keep us in fear. It wants to keep us in us versus them. It wants us to be susceptible to programming, to get our emotions high. That's how the powers that be get us to comply. They get our emotions high so that we do what they say. And so I just encourage you to always come back to the truth. Always come back to your own inner knowing, your own intuition, do your research, ask questions, Notice when you're making a reaction from an emotional triggered place. That's what you need to be mindful of. Are you making a decision, making a judgment, reacting from an emotionally charged place? Because that generally means you've been triggered and something has gotten in, some kind of fear virus, some kind of separation virus has gotten in and that's exactly what it wants you to do. It wants you to react from emotion versus your inner knowing. So be mindful of that. Also stay in the higher frequencies as much as you can. I've had to cry so much this week and hit a lot of pillows and I felt the anxiety in my chest and I've just had to move that energy. And so what I'm going to suggest you to do if you're feeling really triggered is say, my intention is to release this emotion and then do the temper tantrum technique cry, hit a pillow, whatever you need to do. But say, my intention is release this emotion and then return to the true essence of who I am. Come back to love and gratitude as much as you can. Please don't feel guilty for feeling love, feeling gratitude, feeling joy right now. We, we need that as well. We don't need to be angry to change. 
Anger is a great catalyst, but if we stay in the anger to try to heal, we're not going to get where we want to go. I'm also committed to educating you on how to navigate from love all the massive issues we're facing today. Right now, one of the things that's on the top of the list is racism. So I'm committed to making this show and my platform more inclusive so you can see and hear from more people of color. How you can educate yourself. There's so much out there right now. It can feel overwhelming. So I'm just going to give you three things, three things. If you go to antiracismforbeginners.com, that's a great start. It's a great list of resources. And even if you don't think you're a beginner, it's still a great list of resources, organization, books, blogs, all kinds of things. I'm currently reading Robin DiAngelo's book, White Fragility, Why It's So Hard to Talk to White People About Racism, which I'm really learning a lot from. And the next on my list is Me and White Supremacy by Leila Saad. So to review Anti-Racism for Beginners, the book White Fragility and the book Me and White Supremacy, a lot of those books are sold out, which is a great thing. However, you can listen to them on Audible. Leila Saad also has a podcast that you can check out. And really all the, doing this work isn't just about being anti-racist. Like I said, it's about being a better human being. And we all have our biases. I don't care what color your skin is. We all have our biases because we all buy into the misunderstanding of the illusion of separation. So just own it. It's, it's, it's okay. Just own it. We, you've heard me coach so many times on the show, people judging a part of themselves, like their inner critic will come up or their inner judge will come up or their inner saboteur. And they'll be like, I, I don't like this part of me. I just don't like it. It's a bad, bad, bad part. But if you don't accept it and see it, then how does it change? And you hear me coach, I say, accept that that inner critic is there. Accept that it's a part of you, but it's not you. Understand it, give it what it needs. And so accept that there's a part of you may be racist. Can, can we all accept that? Again, I'm, I'm talking to everybody here and look at it and go, wow, there's a part of me that's been programmed by either my family or belief systems or society, or just the unconscious messaging from the media and from the world. I mean, that alone can program you. So just own it, not from a place of guilt, but just from a place of I'm committed to be a better human being. So now let's talk a little bit about how to process some of the emotions that have come up. So let's first talk about the anger that's come up in response to the murder of George Floyd and so many others. So this anger has been brewing for centuries. Injustice and racism is not a new thing. (laughs) Not at all. Black people have not only had to deal with their own experiences of racism, but had to live with the generational pain of it. So you've heard me speak a lot in the show about generational patterns. Um, For example, you've heard me coach people about how they are carrying the pain of their parents and their grandparents. It's not just them, but it's from the collective. Case in point, let's go back to COVID. Think of how many of you, even if you weren't that scared, even if you were kind of an introvert and actually enjoyed being quarantined, you could feel into the collective fear. You could feel into the collective anxiety. And that's how it is for so many black people and people of color. They feel into the collective pain. So they're not just processing their own life 
in their own experiences of racism and aggression and microaggression. And that microaggression word is boggling to me because how is any aggression micro? But anyway, they are feeling into the collective. So be sensitive to that. And if you notice yourself going into, oh, well, violence isn't the answer and anger isn't the answer. It's all about love and awareness. Okay. Yeah. And you're asking a massive group of people to spiritually bypass basically. And any of you that have come to my retreats, especially my spring retreat, think of the anger burn. I created a space for you to let the anger out. And I create a space on this show for people to let the feelings out, to let the anger out, the shame out, the sadness, whatever. But that getting that anger out is so, so important so that we can heal. And going into how this should be done isn't, isn't going to help. But what you can do is you can hold space for it energetically. You can hold space and you can send healing and love. You can understand the anger. You can feel your own anger. If you notice yourself getting angry about people getting angry, then process your own anger about it because hello, you're being triggered. Anytime we go into this is the right way or this is the wrong way, we're not coming from love. Love says, hmm, let me seek to understand and how can I help? Love doesn't say you're doing it wrong. So these generational patterns is also the way racism, covert or overt, has been passed down. So for example, your mom might've been really, really critical of herself, but she wasn't critical of you. But yet you adopted a very strong inner critic because you inherited her conscious and unconscious beliefs and actions. So that's how a lot of this gets passed down. So bottom line, do your work, do your work. And I want to share something because I'm speaking to all people about doing our work. All of us have work to do right now. Yes, it may be different depending on our skin color, our background, but we all have wounds to heal right now. And I want to share something and I have her permission to share this. So this is from another black woman who wrote back to the email that I sent. And she said, you know, I've done all this self-work. I've done the wounded inner child work. I've done the anger release work. I just... I feel like I've really handled a lot of my issues, but I just can't get to the answer of these two questions. And these were the questions she asked me. She wrote, how do we, as black people, take our power back when it constantly feels like it's being taken away? How do we keep seeing ourselves as enough and worthy when they keep telling us we're not? So this is what I wrote back to her. I'm going to read what I wrote back to her, and then I'm going to read her response back to me. I said, I feel the answer has two parts. The first part is it's not really your job to keep feeling like you have to do something to get your power back. It's up to all of us, mainly white people, to change the system and heal deep-rooted racism and white supremacy so someone like you who has done a lot of work to heal her own issues doesn't constantly have to fight against a system. And if the term white supremacy triggers you, go understand what that really, really means. If that term triggers you, you're not quite educated enough on what it really means. So I'm not going to take the time to do that right here, right now, because I want you to be your own advocate right now for change. And so certain words trigger you, or you don't feel like you have it, understand what it really means before making an assumption. So back to my answer. Since I'm not sure when that will be, 
God willing, very soon, I will give you some suggestions, which brings me to the second part of my answer. Your power and worth can never be taken away. You are a child of God. No one has the power to tell you who you are. Please do your best to stop giving your power and worth away to ignorant people who have no right to have power over you. That part is a spiritual assignment. This part is going to require you to go even deeper into your own relationship with God and truly see, feel, and experience the love and the light that you are. Do your best to drown out the other voices. When you feel any kind of racism or like your power is being taken away, do your emotional release work. Speak up. I know that it doesn't always feel safe, so use discernment and speak up and out to the people that you trust, your allies, and then do your best to get back to loving yourself, A-S-A-P. And she wrote back, that answer brought me to tears. I told my white friends who've reached out to me that every time they acknowledge the inequalities and finally see the depth of the issues, I feel a little more seen. So thank you. After journaling, crying, and releasing a lot, I asked the same question I asked you to my spiritual guides. That's the first way for me to take my power back. Yep. Not to ask someone else for answers, but to go back to source. Yep, again. It's exactly what you said. Remind myself that God loves us as we are. God loves me as me. God gave me the opportunity to be here at this time. Therefore, I am worthy. I am enough. As for the deeper spiritual truth, this is just an illusion. This whole racial structure is not real. Remember, this is written by a black woman. It's man-made, and I have to keep reminding myself of that. When I live in the moment and look at my life, I'm pretty blessed. My heart aches for my brothers and sisters. My heart aches for the human race. And yes, I'm also a huge empath, so I feel it 300% more. I can choose to have empathy and know this too shall pass. Yeah, and this is me talking. It won't only pass, but we will change things. Back to her. George Floyd gave his life for greater purpose, and we will heal through this tragedy and unrest. This one feels different. This is the 2020 vision everyone was talking about for the year. Yes, this is me again. I said that beginning of 2020. I wasn't like, 2020 is going to be the best year yet. I was like, let's see clearly here. And I want to share one more thing that she wrote, and I think this is very important. After I sent you the email, I had to ask myself, how do I take my power back? Telling blacks they were less than for being black is a tool they use to keep slaves down and powerless. Black people bought onto it, hook, line, and sinker. There were slaves all over the world. The Russians enslaved their people, same race. It's a power structure nothing to do with black people's worth. In fact, they were chosen for their strength and resilience. It is time to unhook and see ourselves through the creator's eyes. If God wanted us all to look the same, we would. I mean, what else can I say, right? I get chills when I read that. So we all have our wounds to process. People of color, black people, you have your wounds to process about carrying the collective abuse, shame, hurt, injustice. And you also have your work to do around not buying into the limiting beliefs anymore, not perpetuating it. In white people, we have our work to do. Part of it is releasing the shame and guilt. I see so many white people apologizing and feeling so bad. And I think the apologies are part of the healing, but just like I said, no great change comes from being emotionally reactive Shame and guilt are emotional reactions. It's not just anger. So if your actions come from shame and guilt, they're not coming from love, not coming from love. And before I dive into the different rules that you can take on right now, how you can use your gift for change, I just want to speak to forgiveness. Us versus them is healed when we forgive. 
when we forgive ourselves, when we forgive the other, when we forgive the perpetrators. Now, forgiveness, if I haven't beat this into your head in the past 248 episodes of coaching episodes, I'll try again now. Forgiveness is not about condoning behavior for black people to forgive white people. It's not about saying, oh, it's totally okay what you've done for years and years and years. And I think even more accurately for black people to forgive the systematic injustices that have perpetuated oppression and racism isn't about saying, it's fine. That was all fine. The way that we've been set up in the world, totally fine. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is letting go of the anger and the hate. That's what ultimately is going to get us where we need to go and have us come together is forgiveness, forgiving ourselves, forgiving the other by letting go of the anger, by letting go of the pointing finger, by letting go of the blame. And this isn't some woo-woo, spiritual, kumbaya kind of stuff. This is truly how we shift consciousness. So back to what I was saying in the beginning, this is the time, y'all. This is the great awakening. This is what we've all been waiting for. I think we just like wanted the world to change and and get better by just us doing nothing. (laughs) But I think we all felt something coming. We all felt something coming. We didn't know quite what it was. Started off the year with fires everywhere. Then we had celebrity deaths like death of Kobe Bryant that shocked us. And then the coronavirus. And now this massive pulling the wool back from over our eyes, exposing racism in our country, in our world. So this is it. This is the breakdown to the breakthrough. And I encourage you to fasten your seatbelt because it's going to be a ride. Well, it's already been a ride, but it's going to be even more of a ride. So keep doing your inner work. Keep doing your meditation. I'm going to lead you through just a very short prayer um, after I go through these roles. So I found this in all my research. This is from a woman named Deepa Ayer, D-E-E-P-A-I-Y-E-R. And if I'm pronouncing her last name wrong, I apologize. But it's a map for our roles in a social change ecosystem. So that's what's happening right now. Our whole ecosystem structure, everything is collapsing. Old paradigms are coming down. And so it's like, who do you want to be in this? And if you can get the whole article, if you just Google her name, Deepa Ayer, and then mapping our social change roles, you can find the whole article. But I want to go through the ecosystem roles and see which one really fits with you. So, and these aren't in any particular order. So first we have the weavers. I see through lines of connectivity between people, places, organization, ideas, and movements. So weavers, you see the oneness, you help bring people together. Experimenters, I innovate, pioneer, and invent. I take risks and course correct as needed. So experimenters, you're the one out there going, all right, things aren't working. I don't know what's going to work. I'm going to try this. Oop, that didn't work. I'm going to try this. Oop, that didn't work. I'm going to try this. (laughs) Frontline responders, I address community crisis by marshalling and organizing resources, network, and messages. So maybe you are the people going out into the protest, making sure that people are safe, people have water, people have food. Maybe you are a frontline responder with the pandemic. 
You're, you're in it. Visionaries, I imagine and generate our boldest possibilities, hopes, and dreams, and remind us of our direction. So visionaries, you help us stay on course. You have that spiritual altitude. You see the bigger picture. You see the breakthrough in the breakdown. You see what it's all for. Builders, I develop, organize, and implement ideas, practices, people, and resources in service of a collective vision. So you're the ones out there making the change, bringing people together, new ways of doing things, new systems, new corporations, caregivers. I nurture and nourish the people around me by creating and sustaining a community of care, joy, and connection. So that's what I'm doing with the free call on Tuesday, bringing people together, helping the community, making sure that people are still feeling connected and feeling joy. Disruptors. I take uncomfortable and risky actions to shake up the status quo, to raise awareness and to build power. If you want to see a great disruptor, go to my Instagram, see the picture of the seven-year-old or the video, excuse me, of the seven-year-old black girl marching. She's a disruptor. Healers. I recognize and tend to the generational and current traumas caused by oppressive systems, institutions, policies, and practices. So we are the ones tending to the trauma, helping people heal so that they don't have to be in the trauma loop and we don't have to keep repeating cycles. Storytellers. I craft and share our community's stories, cultures, experiences, histories, and possibilities through art, music, media, and movement. These people are so important, the storytellers and the artists of our world who keep us out of just the, the, the judgment and the right, wrong, and the thinking and get us into creativity. Storytellers help connect us to that inner child where so much creativity and possibility lives. Guides, I teach, counsel, and advise using my gifts of well and discernment and wisdom. So these are the people that are out there helping to make sense of it all, helping to use wisdom and not judgment and not righteousness and not good, bad, right, wrong, pointing fingers kind of thinking. Guides guide people back to the truth. So no, and you can go back and listen to these again. No one is better than the other. We need all of these. And you might have aspects of different ones, or you might just have one, but don't try to be all of these. We don't need everyone to be all of these things. We need people to know what role they are best equipped for and go in that direction. So I encourage you to listen to it again, Google it if you want, and really think about my gifts, my unique life experience, how am I best equipped to contribute to this changing ecosystem? All right. And as I wrap up here, I want to share a prayer that was given to me by my spirit guides. I was kind of surprised at the words that were used or one word that was used, Um, but I understand it. So just remember that we do have the ability to change through mass consciousness. Okay. We really, really do. And just how you saw how a fear virus affected mass consciousness the past three months and how a racism virus impacted mass consciousness for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So can love. We've just been so disconnected from it as a world that we've forgotten that we can actually change the world through love. We can, we really can. So what I encourage you to do at the same time every day, the same time every day 
is to sit in just solitude, sit in quiet, close your eyes, breathe into your belly. You can do this with me now. And feel your breath. That breath is spirit. That breath is life. And as you're breathing, you can imagine that you're just calling in white light. Calling in white light and asking to be cleansed and cleared of anything that doesn't serve you. And then your prayer, if you choose to accept this, is to ask for the highest good of all to send divine daggers of light into the hearts of the ones who are wanting the old ways to stay. Spirit, I pray for you to send divine daggers of light into the hearts of those who are wanting the old ways to stay. And then visualize the world the way you want it to be. And it's not just about seeing it, but feel it. Feel oneness. Feel love. Feel togetherness, connection. True community of people standing with and for each other. People loving each other. People lifting each other up. Feel that and feel the gratitude for this kind of world. And trust that those divine daggers of light, as soon as you send them, they know where to go. They know where to go. And by sending them into the hearts of people who want the old ways to stay, or the people that still subscribe to hate and fear and power and corruption and oppression, all those things, that it's, it's about sending powerful, powerful. I think that's why spirit used the word daggers because <laughs> we want to make it super powerful, powerful love their way. And when you do that prayer, don't be in judgment. Don't be in, I'm going to do this prayer. So the divine daggers of light go into all those people that are doing some fucked up shit all those people that are bad and wrong. That is not the energy that you want to be in when you do this prayer. You want to be in love, non-attachment, and in full, full knowing that it can work. So I'll say the prayer one more time. Spirit or divine or God, however you want to say it, I'm asking you to send divine daggers of light into the hearts of ones who are wanting the old ways to stay and then visualize the world the way you know, you know it is meant to be. I hope this was helpful for you all. Please come join me and Danielle Tuesday, christinehassler.com slash together. We will get through this. We are getting through this. This is the great awakening, everybody. Don't press the snooze button. We're in it together. I love you all so much. And sending you so much love and many blessings. Till next time. <laughs>